When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and with me is my co-host, Lon. Hey, Nadia. What's up, everybody? All right, Lon. Shall we get going? Let's go. Do we want to start with the Armando and Kenny? Yay, Armando and Kenny! <laughs> <laughs> our imaginary friends. <laughs> They're our besties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad that the dad's going to the wedding. Hold He's on, good, hold really on. Good. He didn't really say he'll go to the wedding. The mom packed up for the dad. So the dad can travel with her, but it doesn't mean he'll show up. I think there's the suspense oh, there. Really? That's how I interpret it. I think I know what you're talking about. When Armando was talking to his mom and he asked if the dad is going and she said, yeah, I packed his stuff. And then he was happy about it because he thought that was like alluding to the fact. I that think he thinks so because yeah. he hugged Armando or Kenny. and Right. Because daughter. he thought the dad is coming. Oh, no. But the dad, it's one thing to travel with the rest of the family, but it's another to show up. You're right. So I guess that's the suspense right there. Bum, At bum, least that's bum. how I interpret it. But yeah. Go Uh-oh. ahead. Sorry. No, that's that was pretty much it. The notes I made, pretty superficial. One of my notes was, I really like Kenny's floral polo. <laughs> that oh. was really nice. <laughs> Random. Um, yeah. And then obviously the awkwardness of reuniting with Cooper. But I mean... It is what it is. I think for me, the most important takeaway, which is a may or may not still, <laughs> was that uh, I thought that the dad was all in and was was going to go. He said, does he regret it? And for all that I have perceived at the moment, I thought it was a happy moment. And I was cheering and I was like, all right, let's fucking go. Let's do this. Yeah. I mean, I noted that I like how Kenny's kids take turns to visit him. I thought that was really sweet of, I guess this time it was Madison, if I'm not wrong, who visited with Cooper, right? Right. So yeah, I mean, it's really sweet for his kids to take turns. And yeah, obviously they miss their dad. But uh, it's nice to visit Mexico too, I would Oh uh, Yeah, of course, right? They have As, a nice place. It's overlooking do. the water, right? Dude, their place is so... <laughs> It's like nice. it's overlooking <laughs> the ocean or the sea. I guess is that I, I the Gulf know. of Mexico? Or that, that might the be the Gulf ocean? of Mexico too. Yeah, it's beautiful. Whatever it, it is, it's beautiful. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, they're lucky. Mm. All right. Speaking of lucky, is Evelyn lucky to have Corey? No, I thought that entire thing was corny, and the whole the grand gestures thing. That's played out. That's so high school. For me, grand gestures don't last. And I think anyone can see through that who's been in a, in a relationship 
that's long lasting and, and meaningful. You know, these grand gestures to win someone back. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it sounds like. It's to win that person back. But once you've been won back, what happens then, right? It's like love and, and romance takes work. And that's something that has to continue. Right. It's not these big grand gestures to win someone. And then there's no maintenance. There's no upkeep. It's like, oh, I, I did what I had to do. You're back now. And, and now we're, we're married and, and this is life. That stuff doesn't last. Right. You know, I, I'd be more impressed if that stuff continues to happen. But from what I have seen and for what I feel like it's going to be, even the way he described it was cringy. He said something like, after I do all this stuff, she'll have to take me back. She doesn't have to do fucking Jack. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't have to. She can't continue to lead you on. Right. (laughs) Just because you did all this, you expect there's an expectation that she has to? No. If anything, I would root for her to say she's in every right to expect this from you for the rest of her life. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like these gestures should become normal. They should become routine. And on both sides. You should both appreciate each other every day. And I get it. You know, not every day, everything's going to be super grand. You're not going to get a sign in a boat every single day as a proclamation of love, but there's got to be some kind of upkeep of the romance here. At least from what I gather, this is going to be a one-time thing. I was not impressed. I thought it was super corny, romantic in any other context, but this one, that's just how I felt. You know, yeah. obviously I stepped aside and was, and was like, if someone did this for me, I'd probably really appreciate it. But at the same time, we know the context. We know that this is an effort to win her back. Yeah. As it is. So. In a very low budget production. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you, Lon. It's, you know, it's what I call a short term serotonin slash dopamine fix. Right? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have something for you here. And I think you already mentioned it, but Evelyn just wants someone to romance and spoil her all the time. Change my mind. Right. 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 I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement with that. And um, I don't know if it was this episode or if it was in the preview where it still didn't look like she wanted to get married. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> like, still not committed. Cheater or not. It's still. Yeah. It didn't matter what he did in the past. And what he's done up to now to win her back. Let's get to the bottom of it. She doesn't want to be married, period. And that's just it. That's the bottom of the story, right? (laughs) The whole theme here. And he's like, what? (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't look like marriage is for her. And it never was. And I don't think it ever will be. So, yeah, I feel like there's a recurring theme here. It seems like some of these couples don't want to commit because it allows them to extend their tenure with 90 day fiance. Mm. You know, they're like, why do we want to seal the deal when we can keep everyone in suspense and make everyone wonder if we're still together? Yeah. And honestly, I'm already sick of, I mean, we're already sick of their storyline a while back. Right. Lon, like we're not impressed at all. This is not keeping us interested. I'm over it. (laughs) There has to be a limit, right? I would say a two season limit tops. Three is dragging it. it. Yeah, that's already like I'm one foot out the door, if not 
both feet out the door already. <laughs> I feel like three is when you involve the entire family into the drama, and that's where you need a spinoff like Family yeah. Chantel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. It cannot just be about you because it's no longer interesting. Like, why do we want to see more of Corey and Evelyn? Right, um, right. But for us to see him eat more penis soup, like. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> how many more times do you want to see that? Yeah. Like, why? Isn't there a post-series? Not the spin-offs, but isn't there a, like, it, I want, it's not after the 90 days, or is it? Or is happily it? Ever happily Ever After. Ever after. Right, yeah. right. Look, if you're not on Happily Ever After by season three, then we, <laughs> yeah. we don't want it anymore, yeah, bro. We yeah, well, we're going to see, like, like, you're going to show up on Happily Ever After, like, four seasons in? No, <laughs> we're tired yeah. of it. <laughs> Yeah, then your relationship needs serious Your, help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, right. I mean, I don't mind if they appear on Pillow Talk. At least we know that they're still a couple. That's the only dosage I would be okay yeah. with. Pillow yeah, Talk, but- and if you're interesting enough, maybe single life. Right. <laughs> oh, it didn't work out. You're single now. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if Corey breaks up with Evelyn and, and try to like get back with Jenny or something. Like, okay, maybe I might watch that. But maybe I can with another season of Corey and Evelyn. Yeah. You know? Agreed. But what about another season of Steven and Alina? Do we want to see what happens next? Because rumor has it they're, they're still together. I'd be down for that. I'd be down for that because, like I said, in the very beginning of the season before all the drama, for me, I thought there were some interesting angles here with the religion and how she was going to deal with that. And I think that's going to be interesting to see once they're married, if there's follow through, if there's follow through what the family is going to think. I still think there's a lot more content to be explored once they do tie the knot, if they tie the knot. Yeah, There's a lot more themes here to be explored. This season, though, I am getting a little tired of him constantly pushing it. Like, you have to get baptized. You have to get baptized. And she's like, do I have to get baptized? <laughs> so you yeah. wouldn't mind seeing another season of potentially Stephen spreading Mormonism in Russia? I mean, that's going to bug me. But I, I want to see... That sounds bad. I want to see how the drama unfolds. Mm. I want to see her push back. I want to see her go, this is fucking bullshit. You know, oh, shit. (laughs) But that's wishful thinking. Maybe she converts. And again, like her Instagram, for some reason, said that she was going to BYU or something. And I'm like, huh, BYU? Really? So I don't know. But they're a young couple. He bugs the shit out of me. But I. He's problematic. I like he's definitely problematic. I I think. She's a sight for sore eyes, though. Yeah. <laughs> she's made for TV. That's what Yeah, sure. she's made for TV. Oh, totally. Ca- camera friendly. <laughs> yeah, such a stunner for sure. Very exotic looking. Mm. I hate to say this because I think she's smarter than this, but I wouldn't mind if she's knocked up and we see what happens after that. <laughs> I, I mean, I hate to say that because I don't think she's... Hopefully, she's not foolish to get herself knocked up by him, but... Mm. You never know. I mean, if they marry young, they could potentially be open to being parents young too. Mm. You know? Kind of like the whole Yara and Jovi thing. Right. See what, see what goes on and yeah, now yeah. that impacts right. the relationship. Watch him still be talking to people and stuff. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> Having like a harem of girlfriends on his phone, I'm pretty sure. Right. I thought you got rid of your social media. <laughs> <laughs> 
You should have started with that intro. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so that seems like an ugly cry, which reminds me of someone who ugly cried on last weekend's episode, which is Ari Aaron. and Beanie. Golly, I don't know what to say. Fake I tears. F- fake tears, but also how messy can you get asking a translator to come almost be a mediator between you and your husband or your I guess fiance, right? They're engaged. When you both can speak English. Yeah. How messy is that? Like yeah. that's insulting. Yeah. And he was insulted. Right. He called her out. Well, not he didn't call her out, but he told the interviewers on the um in the interview segment, the like what did he say? Yeah. yeah, the confessional. What what did he say? He said, I think she's just doing this for drama or something like that. And he's right. You were able to communicate with him for years. And now you need a translator. Like, no, you need I think you needed a mediator or you needed someone to make you feel comfortable about what you were gonna say to him. Yeah. And then the tears came and I'm like, what? Why are you crying? Why are you pulling the victim card when he's right. the one losing his son here? Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. yeah, I feel bad for the translator who has to sit and watch this couple bicker and hash it out. It's like she's not necessary. Like she shouldn't be there because they both could communicate with each other in yeah. the same language, you know? Yeah. And did you see how like, okay, you brought the translator here. Let's have her translate. And then so he addresses the translator expecting the translator you know, let her know. She's like, no, you speak to me. Yeah, <laughs> Look I know. At me and speak to me. And if she translates it, she'll translate. I'm like, <laughs> you brought the fucking translator there. I know, dude. <laughs> but anyway, at least I'm we sorry, found out. No, no. I, I, at least now we know why Mombasa, right? It's because that's where Avi was conceived, mm. supposedly. So, <sighs> it's so deliberate, I feel. So deliberate. Like the way she wants things done. And speaking of translation, have you been browsing through your Instagram? There's this person called Lisa Curie. She Mm-mm. translates all the AA, all the AA speak. She will start her TikTok with, welcome to what the fuck translation service. <laughs> have you seen That's that? awesome. No. Yeah, like the she, AA, she, AAVE. Yeah. Like, you know how, um, who's that chick that like, cash me outside? How about that? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This Lisa chick took that video and then that I forgot her name, but she spoke AA and and then she will come on and say, and welcome to the, the what the fuck translation service. <laughs> what she's saying is <laughs> you gotta check this out. Anyway, listeners, if you guys have Instagram or TikTok, you probably know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I think more and more, Lon, going back to you know, Ari and Bini, like we can see how messy and unstable Ari is and then mm-hmm. I'm reminded about how her mom is there to make sure she doesn't have a nervous breakdown because she was a cutter and <gasps> had struggled with mental health issues I mean I thought we knew that right I'm looking at my notes here I'm pretty sure you know the mom addressed that or she addressed that if I'm not wrong I must have missed that one yeah I didn't know that yeah I think she has had breakdowns and anxiety issues before it's like you know it must be nice for your mom to follow you around but then i also think her mom is just looking out for her because Mm, she had mental issues before i mean nothing wrong with that but it's starting to show how she cracks okay 
having now knowing this kind of puts a different spin on things. I wish I'd remembered that or, or maybe uh, watched her scenes through a different lens. It's starting to make me see things differently. Maybe I'd have been more sympathetic to the tears. <laughs> to me, it just seemed the tears are, are a manipulation tactic. But she did um, play the victim card, though. She yeah, does. Because- and she always pulls it in a situation where he's actually the one being victimized. Right. So, like she pulled it at the barbershop when she dropped the news that, hey, I'm leaving and I'm taking your son. And then she and, broke down. And then she broke like, down again. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then she did it this episode when she's like, you might not ever see your son again. Then she puts it on her and just, I'm sorry. And I know your past. And I know this is fucked up. Then why are you crying? Like, can you give him the opportunity to at least feel something? Why are you taking that away from him by then now bringing this attention to yourself? But yeah, if, if this is, has anything to do with mental health, maybe be a little more sympathetic towards that, but it still seems a bit manipulative. Yeah. I mean, again, like we don't know if it's real, right? Everything on this show, everything with them could be fake, you know? Right. So. I think they're still together. Okay. That's, Hopefully, right? I think... That's kind of good. Yeah. Kind of good. I feel like we don't do enough <laughs> stalking. So <at> Yeah. Least, <laughs> so folks, just know that we're not stalkers, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could spend more time looking at people's social media accounts, but I don't. Yeah. I'm sincerely hoping that Ari and Bini are still together and Avi's. I think it's good and bad. My take, I don't think the relationship is healthy. But I'm also glad that if they're together, that means he's still a part of his son's life. Right. So there's, you know, we'll take the bad with the good mm-hmm. on this one. Yeah. All right, Lon. Looks like we're almost close to the end, but we'll be remiss if we don't talk about Jenny and Sumi. Smith, who needs to commit. Submit <laughs> who needs to commit. commit. Jeez. <laughs> we're so right about this fucking guy, right? <laughs> We are so right about this guy. I kind of knew it. I kind of expected it. Go ahead. (laughs) No, I mean, like, we just talked about how many seasons do we want to go through this hellish journey with them, right? Like, I feel like we've seen them in, like, what, already two, three seasons? Yeah. Right? I want to say three, maybe. Yeah, this is probably the third (laughs) season. Like, Do we want to go through another season with them? No. No, yeah. Sumit, just either let her go. Or... Wrap this up, buddy. <laughs> yeah, wrap it up, man. Let her go or get married already. Like the poor woman felt like she accomplished something big. She did the impossible, right? Or I wouldn't say she got the blessing. She's accepted, I would say. They now see her as Sumit's partner. Right. And I thought that was a huge milestone, like a huge, right. huge step in progressing forward but only for Sumit to pump the brakes again. Right, right. Whatever roadblock was there that the parents were responsible for is now gone. Yeah, it's not a blessing, but it was a roadblock and it's not there anymore. (laughs) And I fucking knew it. Part of me was like, I bet he's going to find a way. I bet he's going to find a way. So I was dying. I mean, I feel bad for Jenny, but I was dying because I expected it. When she's like, I'm so happy. Are you happy? Yeah, I'm happy. Are we going to get married? We're going to get married. And then she's like, let's do this tomorrow. And then he's like, well, let's see what the astrologer says. And let the astrologer pick the date. 
And I said, I fucking knew it. And then she goes, she takes it a step further. Right. And she's like, oh, so like, what if, what if the astrologer says we're all good to go and that we could get married tomorrow. And then he's like, oh no, tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking guy. dude. Look on his face. dude. He does everything. (laughs) He does the most, the most to not get married, dude. And like the kicker was in the confessional when he was like, things are just happening very fast. Motherfucker, they're happening very fast. This is taking forever. This is years <laughs> in the making, dude. This is forever, bro. You've been together for 10 years, motherfucker. Like, seal the fucking deal already. Yeah. Again, he's doing everything. He's doing the most, man, to not marry Jenny. Wow. And she's seeing this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Jenny, how much longer are you going to wait? How much longer are you going to put up with this? Like. You said, let's have the astrologer pick the date. Yeah. And if the astrologer says it's tomorrow, then it's tomorrow, bro. For you to have been like, oh, well, no, not tomorrow. Man, he's making excuses now. Yeah, yeah he, he really is. Can we talk about the astrologer and how he has so many mic oh, yeah. drop moments? Yeah. Right? Super progressive, super forward thinking. And I think, too, he was able to frame it in a traditional way in a way that I think is relatable for people who have that spiritual kind of the predetermination Mm. that comes with a lot of religion, right? Mm -hmm. Like if it's predestined. Yeah. What's written Uh, in the stars. Right. right? Yes. Yes. There was a beautiful quote. How did it go? He said something like his fate is written. This is what stars do. Mm. like if it's in the stars like it's already there and it's and it's unchangeable like are you in the way you know what i mean and i know that for at least christianity and the way we believe in a god that already is all knowing and that there's two schools of thought here right free will in which you can change things but then predetermination in that your fate's already done and things happen for a reason and you know i think there's a lot of comfort in believing that because if it's meant to be, then it's, it's meant, meant to, to be. be. What's yep. coming to you is coming to you, right? Yeah. And the things that are out of your control, there's comfort in knowing that, you know what, I'm supposed to be going through this and it's supposed to happen. So like when he was able to kind of explain it in this way, like there's no fighting it. What do you call it? She's practicing a useless exercise. Wow. And I was like, where are you getting all these phrases? Like all my notes have all the different stuff that I caught. Again, like, yeah. Well, he was speaking so eloquently and like certain things strike me as poetic when I hear them. And I was like, that's very poetic. Let me write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker's spitting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, all I got was, is it your marriage or their marriage? Which I thought was like, simple and succinct right and he even called her selfish which again was like the biggest mic drop moment because you can see the look on her face Mm -hmm. either she's a good actress or she really felt it because she was speechless and i think shortly after that she cried Mm -hmm. Um, well because i think he's also an authoritative figure because i think submit tried to voice that opinion in the past like what does it have to do with you this is my life in so many ways submit was also trying to say the same thing like it's yeah. not your marriage. This is my marriage. This is my life. Just be happy for me. But she's not going to, you know, take advice from her son. From her son. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's the astrologer, right? Yeah. An authoritative figure. and Someone a- that the family trusts. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know how big it is in India, but 
apparently it's a big deal. It's a big deal when the astrologer says some shit. So <laughs> yeah, because he seems to be on call and he, look, there's a hole in this in this scene because the dad said he's been using this astrologer for 30 years. The guy don't even look <laughs> older than 40 like yeah. either he's been giving spiritual advice when he was 10 years old yeah. or what again um, side hustle in an elementary you know right? hey let me read your fortune yeah. <laughs> at uh, the lunch table <laughs> but as part of a wtft apparently this guy also has an imdb what so he's an actor he is an actor slash director on imdb what the other thing that is, you'll be coming with the T for I it. know. And the thing is, obviously, I got this from Reddit. Someone who speaks the language, when Sumi's father talked, he had a Freudian slip. He called the person by their real name when he was introduced on the show as another person, you know, using another name. And the other thing that someone caught was that how can you be Muslim? astrologer advising a hindi family because this shit fake bro yeah <laughs> it could all be an act but it's oh a good oh my act. god man they got me <laughs> i know like if you suspend your, your right, history, right right right, right? right and right. this is a good scene because if he be spitting bars right if he says things <laughs> yeah. like she cannot bless you she cannot curse you <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think that's a good scene, right? But I wouldn't put it past TLC to not hire this guy to be like a mediator slash spiritual yeah. leader because, I mean, how else are you going to progress the storyline? Right. You know? They brought in the big guns. They said, hey, find us a writer director out there. <laughs> <laughs> you can get us a good scene. <laughs> hey, go on that IMDb and see yeah. who you got. Who's not filming a Bollywood movie yeah. right now? Get that guy. <laughs> Oh, man. But I think that scene with Jenny and the parents, you know, when the parents say that, oh, we love you, we support you, but we cannot bless the marriage. I thought that was, even though there's that, you know, but there's, you know, something else, even though there's a but, it's still very touching to me because it's a sign of like the family finally accepting her, which is something that she's always wanted and something that I think even for the rest of us watching it felt like it was an uphill battle. But mm-hmm. for her to finally achieve it, I thought that was like a hurrah moment, I guess you can call it, if you can call right. it that. Like overall, I think this is a good step forward. But then, of course, when they celebrated Holy, that's when she found out he ain't interested. No. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of liked that too, the little cultural thing there. I just you know, recently learned about Holy a few years ago, and I've been all about it ever since, like the, the colors and... All that stuff. So I think that was really cool to show that, but yeah, totally. <laughs> kind of ruined the moment there. <laughs> I almost felt like TLC would be remiss if they don't show Holy the festival because it's the most colorful thing to showcase, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Right, Lon. We've come to the end of this episode. I believe this is episode 11, if I'm mm, not wrong. I think so too. Uh, yeah. What is your WTF moment? <laughs> for me, it's it was the hilarious moment. Fucked up and sad for Jenny's part, but hilarious because I halfway expected it. And it's something we've talked about in previous episodes already. Samit doing everything in his power 
you know, after the roadblock, the biggest roadblock of the mall, his parents had been removed. Yeah. And for him to continue to say no, to dangle that carrot, right? To not necessarily, he just, he's not going to come out and say, we're not getting married. But these false promises of, oh, it'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, everything has been done. And for Jenny to really push for it and to say, well, let's do it. Let's do it now. Let's set a date. Well, what if he says it's tomorrow? And for him to continue to fight back, it's just like cement, man. WTF, bro. (laughs) (laughs) You do not want to give this girl what she wants, man. Like be up front, dude. Don't don't string her along. This isn't cool. That's not cool. Question for you before I give my WTF moment. Do you think, and I'm asking this because there are a lot of theories out there why he still doesn't want to move forward with the marriage. But do you think he is starting to realize the gravity of her aging? Because think about it, right? When he first met her, it was almost a decade ago. Mm. And I've seen some pictures of her with his mom taking photos. This this was when they were still chummy and obviously they didn't know that she was upstairs fucking her son. But (laughs) (laughs) excuse my French, (laughs) y'all. You know what I mean? Like she's she was there as an innocent tourist, right? So yeah, they were all like, yeah. oh, an American staying with us. But do you think it's finally dawning upon him that he's with a much older chick that he has to take care of? Yes. I think the excitement of being with an American, of being died down. Yeah, the yeah. romance of actually seeing someone the that novelty he of it. Right. The novelty uh, of it. Right. There was so much, I think, going on in his life at the time. A pre-arrangement. Yeah. Someone he didn't actually fall in love with, but was saying, hey, this is who you got to marry. Yeah. And then he meets Jenny and it's exciting and she's a foreigner. And, and she's into him. She's into him. Right. And, you know, all this stuff. But that was a long time ago. And yeah. if you stuck around for the preview, he even says, oh, well, marriage changed me, Mm. you know, and I think what he's getting at is like my perspective about being in a committed relationship is different now. Right. So that, you know, how true that is in in terms of how that's impacting his relationship with Jenny up for debate. But I think there's some truth to that too. Like he's been in a committed relationship and he knows the freedom he's going to lose or how things are going to change. And I think there's a lot, there's a lot that's getting yeah. And I think he realized that a while ago, but he had dug himself in so deep that it was one of those things where he couldn't turn back now or he couldn't, oh, yeah. he felt like he had to see it through. Yeah. And that's what I think. Like he didn't have the balls or the balls, courage. And I don't, yeah. I don't want to use gendered language, right? Yeah. I didn't think he had the courage to tell her this isn't for me anymore. So he kept telling her, this is fine. I still love you and we're going to get married. And rather than just be upfront with the truth, he put in intentional roadblocks. Mm. My parents don't like it. My passport or whatever. And he didn't have the courage to say, this isn't for me. Yeah. But here's a promise ring. He's in too deep. Yeah. At this point, and he couldn't find a way to, to get. This is out. almost abusive, dude. Like just it is. dangling all the all the way. Yeah, like... yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. Well, my WTF moment is Ari getting a translator <laughs> to translate. 
Bini, who speaks decent English. Decent English, yeah. Yeah. And they've been okay communicating. Right. It's very insulting. And I thought yeah. that was WTF, along with the tears and how she's making it about her being the victim. I mm-hmm. thought it was that was unnecessary and, and again very toxic and abusive too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think she's she's really ashamed? I think the way she puts it is she can't go back to the home because of the shame that he's brought. I think to, on her and family and stuff like that from I guess his partying and bringing other women to the right. domicile. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think me personally Right. If I were their friends, giving them advice, I think when you have a child, and I'm not saying the child is a you know a locking mechanism or something, right? You're not handcuffed to this to this little thing, but I would advise them to work through it because I think she's being over dramatic for no reason. Mm-hmm. Because again, maybe she knows something and she's not revealing it to the rest of us. But it's one thing to have women over. And take pictures with them, but it's another thing to actually find out that he actually cheated. Like maybe to her that is cheating, but mm-hmm. it also feels like she's blowing it out of proportion. So I don't know. For me, like the jury's still out. I, I felt I that mean, way too. Yeah. I felt that way too. I feel like she has a goal in mind and an agenda, and she's taking advantage of this opportunity to maybe exaggerate the details and to really say, well. This is going to end because of your actions. Yeah, like he did me so wrong that right. I have to like go back to the US and maybe try to co-parent right. that way. Yeah, make a mountain out of a molehill, as they yeah, say. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. yeah. All right, Lon. Well, I have some breaking news, something that I just found out a few hours ago. Apparently, Rebecca, Rebecca's uh, apartment got broken into. <gasps> yeah, so sad. Uh, she posted a video saying that she left her house for about an hour to be with, I think, her daughter. And she forgot to lock it. And when she came back, it was... Uh, was that dropped. the brick and mortar place? I want to say it probably is, right? Unless they moved. Right. Yeah. And if you're wondering, where is Ziet? Uh, apparently, Ziet found a job where he has to work the night shift. Mm. So he wasn't home at the time. To- he wasn't home. Yeah, was, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Very unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Yeah. All right. I don't know, Lon, would you like to talk about Astro World or rather the tragedy that happened? The tragedy of Astro World. So, you well, know, let me start this with, and you can give the context, obviously, because I think not everyone listening to this would care or would even know what we're talking about. But do you think Travis Scott? should be charged for this and let's give our listeners some context all right so uh, for y'all who don't know travis scott held a music festival called astroworld i believe he was the sole performer with a guest performance from drake i'm not sure who all else was set to perform but i'm pretty much sure he was the headliner if not the main and almost solo act of the entire uh, music festival and the it was overpacked. Apparently, there wasn't enough staff on event, be it security, medical staff, crowd control, whatever have you. And the excitement leading up to his performance was just so much that 
at the time he started a 30 minute countdown, a, a surge had begun to happen. Mm. People started making their way to the stage. Yep. And the closer that countdown got, well, before he even got on the stage, the closer that got, the more people pressed into each other and people were finding it difficult to breathe. People were passing out. But because of the lack of personnel and staff, nothing could be done. And from a, a personal account that got posted on Instagram, I believe, it was so crowded and so deep that even when you yelled for help, you couldn't be heard. You would be lost. You were drowned in a sea of people and people were taller. Staff were so far away. People were taller, uh, were blocking actual people who needed help and were maybe shorter. Mm -hmm. And as people pressed onward into the stage, the people who were passing out and going unconscious, they would fall to the ground and no one would see them because they would get trampled on. More bodies would fall on top. Apparently there were piles, piles of bodies, but the crowd was so excited to continue moving toward the stage that they would just walk right over them or on top yep. of them. And as if nothing were happening, there were reports that people shouted at cameramen to say, Hey, we need help. People are dying out here. And those people asking for help were being told to get off the platform and they were completely ignored. But people who tried to help, like medics and stuff like that, were completely understaffed and overwhelmed. They had uh, maybe one like breathing device and the rest were performing CPR or people in the crowd who knew how to perform CPR were trying to perform CPR because mm -hmm. there just wasn't enough machines and medical staff there. So this was a complete failure in terms of whoever was the organizer, I guess is what you call it, the uh, event organizer. I don't know how much Travis Scott is to blame for this, but I do know from previous concert footage I've seen that he's been known to incite this and encourage mm -hmm. it. And that's not to say he doesn't care now or that he didn't care during Astroworld to some accounts. Some people say he did stop the show three or four different times when he saw that emergency personnel was trying to make their way through the crowd. So I don't know how much responsibility he has for this per se. I'd have to see. But I do know that from previous concert events that I've seen of his, he likes it when they get rowdy. He, mm. he kind of encourages it. Mm. He'll say, oh, is, is, is that motherfucker passed out? Well, let's, let's, let's fucking do it. You know what I mean? And, and it's kind of like that at his shows because it just makes people more hype. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, it's fucking lit in here. Yeah. So, and I don't want to speak out of turn, right? Astroworld's a different event. It definitely has his name attached to it. From what I've read, it's actually for a good cause. It was kind of, I wouldn't say a full-blown charity event or a full-blown fundraising event, but I think the purpose of it is to benefit, you know, the certain communities and stuff where he grew up at. So I think it was definitely for a good cause. And I don't think he wanted things to go as badly as they went. Yeah. So I don't want to blame him per se to be responsible for that. I think he's taking the right measures now to help to assist the families of those who have died. I think there's so, so much that could have been done. I think with his popularity, he should have planned better or the event organizers should have planned better. I think that's uh, where, Lon, if you don't mind me interjecting, yeah, I think no, that's no, no, where, no. that's why I asked the question, right? Because I had a knee-jerk reaction of like, oh yeah, it's totally his fault. Mm -hmm. he, Astro World was his brainchild. He's the main headliner, like you said. He had a bad rep. 
of inciting violence, in, mm-hmm. you know, like you say, hyping the crowd. I mean, there are so many incidents that I can provide, but you guys should obviously do your own research and mm-hmm. see what kind of other antics he was up to in his previous performance. I think there's one notable one during one of the Lollapaloozas where they had to stop his show because it was getting too unruly. Mm-hmm. So like I said, my knee-jerk reaction is, is this guy's fault, right? Mm-hmm. But then I saw videos of him stopping his performance, right? Midway to ask folks to make way for the medics, make way for the... I think there was an ambulance that actually backed into the crowd, mm-hmm. if I'm not wrong. And also, again, this is a bad look for him. But if I were to be very objective here, when you're performing, when you're on stage, the lights are not on the crowd. The lights are on you. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much he was able to see if there's a struggle. Right. I can definitely say that the countdown didn't help. Right. And I think, Lon, I'm not sure if you can back me up here, but we've been to a lot of festivals and concerts. Mm-hmm. People get really excited when they hear the music start and they're still outside. Right. And right. when you talk about certain concert promoters or certain concert organizers, they may not have the right amount of people to help. But the thing that I found that was very shady is Live Nation probably should have kept the number of people that are attending this event. Whether if it's for a good cause or otherwise. Like I, I just found out from you just now when you say it was actually for a good cause. Or he had mm-hmm. he had good intentions, right? Right. Whether or not that was executed well. So yeah, I think Live Nation is to be blamed. If this totally. ever went down to a lawsuit, which I think there's already a couple of civil lawsuits being filed against Travis Scott and Life Nation, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of finger pointing. Because again, Travis Scott works with this Life Nation to create this event. And I don't know how much of it is his doing and how much of it is Life Nation's responsibility. For example, like you said, maybe if they had more personnel, right? If they had done more crowd control, maybe people wouldn't be trampled. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think at last count, there was like at least eight deaths. And I just Googled an article where a Texas A&M student is brain dead because oh of this. Oh my gosh. It's so unfortunate, right? When you go to see a favorite artist of yours and either not come back or you come back paralyzed, that's obviously not what anyone would expect. So I think this is the one thing that for me as a, I guess, as a former festival goer, I have obviously haven't been to a festival ever since the pandemic, but this is what I hate about when the crowds get larger, when the crowds in line gets bigger and larger, security gets very laxed Mm -hmm. or they might tighten up. I don't know. And then they'll slow down the process. And I can only imagine people got really, really, really impatient and started gate crashing or maybe security just couldn't stop them. And mm-hmm. that's why there was that surge forward. And like I said, the countdown didn't help. It's so unfortunate. It's, it's as bad as a shooting, I would say, right? Um, oh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. There's, these are young folks who lost their lives because of a concert. Like that, that whole sentence is so, <laughs> it, it doesn't sound right. Right. So, right, right. yeah, I just wonder if it does come down to a lawsuit. I wonder if Travis Scott will get away with it because mm. he's probably oblivious as right. a performer on stage. Right. 
I would definitely put more responsibility on Live Nation. Like you said, one, um, let's just start with he's the artist, he's the performer. If people were to say, hey, how much how much staff do we need? I'm like, that's not my that's not your call. That's not right. Right. Yeah. right. You guys are the professionals here. You've done the shows. How many ambulances do I need? Yeah. How many medical tents do I need? The logistics of this are not my call. If anything, tell me how much I need to spend and what this is going to cost me. And don't come back until you give me a number. But like, I wouldn't know that. Are, are artists expected to know that? No. no. Um, yeah. And like you said, when you're up on, it's different. What we see is a well-lit performer. Right. But when you're a performer and the, and the lights are on you, they are blinding. Right. You have a limited visibility. If anything, he saw the ambulance because the ambulance has lights. Yeah. But when you're looking out into the crowd and all those stage lights are in your eyes, like it's definitely difficult to see out there in the dark and, and especially in the crowd, people passing yeah. out and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I think there's definitely a lot of room for improvement in the industry as a whole. Like when someone climbs up a, a cameraman's platform and says, hey, there's people dying. Why was the cameraman not informing other people? Right. Why wasn't his first move not to get on a walkie-talkie and say, hey, we have people like passing out over here or hey, somebody just reported like a death in the crowd. Like why was his first thing to say, get off, get off, right. I'm kicking you off. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's apparently people just look at the fans like, oh, you guys are just, no one's taking them seriously. Right. It's, it's apparently... My job is to work this camera and that's it. Like yeah. there has to be changes here. Right. Know? Yeah. Where's the humanity, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm not a Travis Scott stan, <laughs> to use a Gen Z term there, but mm. I do know it looks very tone deaf on his part because I think I'm I'm looking at some of these articles like he attended an after party. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. And I guess he was very oblivious to what happened. Mm. And I think that's, I wouldn't say that's natural, but I think that's expected because you don't know what happened until someone comes around and tell you like, hey, there were casualties mm. during your performance. I know he made that video saying that he's working with the Houston PD and he's busy thoughts and prayers for the families and all that stuff. But what I hate, Lon, you saw my messages on social media, is that how propaganda or how the mass media made it all about Kylie Jenner. Yeah, some of the like, media outlets reporting like... Kylie Jenner is safe. I mean, pregnant Kylie Jenner is safe. We know they were in some VIP somewhere, if not backstage. Of right. course, they're fucking safe. Of course, Why? they're safe. Why is that something you are reporting like we care about? Like, yeah. So shame on you, People Magazine and Daily Mail and whoever else that printed out that right. clickbaits, right? Because yeah. they obviously wanted us to see their article because I guess there are a lot of Kylie fans who wants to know, oh, is Kylie safe? Like, use your common sense. Right. She's not you're, in the mosh pit. <laughs> you're definitely I mean? taking advantage of a hot story, yeah. taking advantage of a tragedy when they had nothing left to report about the tragedy to get more views and to get more clicks, they said, Oh, by the way, Kylie is safe guys. Kylie is safe. Ask no one. No one asked for it. <laughs> like shame, shame, yeah, shame, it's terrible, terrible dude. But yeah, I think this goes without saying, you know, as concert goers, as music lovers, we hate to hear about this kind of, you know, tragedy tragedies and music and concerts don't come together i feel right you go there to enjoy yourself to dance to have fun to get crunk you know what i mean but not to lose your life you know no right. one should ever have to go through that so 
I mean, I hope Live Nation does better. I hope other concert promoters or concert organizers do better as well. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I've never heard a Travis Scott song. Okay, I lie. There's one I know of, but that's because it's a Rosalia song. And mm-hmm. he was like the guest rapper. But otherwise, I don't know what the hype is around him, except that he's Kylie Jenner's baby daddy. And by the way, I ban him on my Spotify, so I, I guess I'll never hear his music. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't listen to a lot, but there's some catchy tunes. That okay, I, okay, yeah. okay, all right. I like his collaborations, sneaker collaborations. I think everyone knows about the. But it's because tracks. you're a sneakerhead. Yeah. That's how they get you too, right? Yeah. Like he he may be like not so talented, but then because he has a collabo, like yeah, of course he's. You know, They're hot sneakers though. Yeah. Have you seen them? The the I I have yeah. The blue Jordans. Wow. I'm yeah. like wow. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, you can show your support by leaving us a five star review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us under listener support on Anchor.fm and donate for as low as 99 cents or on Patreon at WTF Extra. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90 Day Fiance WTF. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. You can find me on Instagram at lan, L-A-N, underscore like, underscore lan, L-A-W-N. Click on the link in my bio for additional socials. Woohoo! And hey, on- I want to say thank you for your service to the U.S. Uh, Happy Veterans Day, right? This is a, yeah, it's coming up in two days. Well, by the time this podcast gets uh, released, you know, obviously it's going to be over. But just want to say thank you for your service. Thank you. I'm pretty sure every American would appreciate your contribution to the nation. Thank Um, you so much. And uh, listeners, like, subscribe, share, spread the love, build our community. Like, subscribe, share. Yeah. Do that. And thank you for everybody again who listens to our our okay. humble podcast. Yeah, our very modest podcast. <laughs> Love y'all. Thank you. Love y'all. Bye.